relationship. And it's not one of these things where it's like, ooh, God walked through the door. Did he ask about me? Yes, he did. See, think about that for a moment. George Clooney walks through the door, and she's going, ooh, and I say, well, did he ask about me? No. But if God walked through that door, and I said to her, did he ask about me? She'd be like, yeah, he did. And if you weren't working there, and God walked through the door, and you asked the question, did he ask about me? Guess what would he say? Yes, he did. Think about that for the moment. The creator of the world cares enough about you to know the number of hairs on your head. Some of us have hairs on our head. Well, it's okay. It's okay. But that's what we're talking about today. Today we're going to be looking at a psalm, Psalm 8. All about God and His majesty, and it's all about man and what God thinks of you and me. So let's open up the Word together. We're going to see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. This is Psalm 8, the majesty of God. It says this to the choir master, according to Yoda, the Psalm of David O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you've established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. Think about this for a moment. How majestic is your name in all the earth, David says. Majestic is a word in Hebrew that means mighty, magnificent, large, very great, powerful, prince, noble, leader, and glory, or glorious. How glorious is your name in all the earth? I don't know about you guys, but that's the very essence of who God is. He's glorious. He's holy. He's majestic. He's mighty. He's a great leader. He's noble. He cares for his people. Think about God, I have to admit with my finite mind, I can't fully comprehend who He is. I mean, it blows my mind to think about that when we die and we're in heaven and His in His presence, we're gonna get to know more about Him. He's gonna actually reveal more of Himself to us when we're in His presence. I don't know if that makes you go crazy, but for me, I still don't know enough about God. I read the scriptures every day and I go, I still don't know enough about you and yet I'm going to get to heaven one day and he's going to go, you don't know anything about me. His glory is above the heavens. He is so majestic that he expands and he's beyond time, space, and matter. Think about this for a moment. He's beyond time, space, and matter. In 1915, there was this very dumb, not very smart scientist created a theory about time, space, and matter. It's called the general relativity by Albert Einstein. He said that general relativity is how gravity affects the fabric of space-time. And this theory is an expansion of special relativity that he wrote ten years earlier. 
Special relativity argue that space and time are inextricably connected and that the theory was a little flawed for him because it didn't talk about the existence of gravity. So he wrote 10 years later the general theory of relativity. Einstein spent a decade between the two publications determining the particular massive, that particularly massive objects warp the fabric of space and time. And that distortion that happens in space and time is actually something that manifests itself as gravity. Pretty amazing. You can, go on, you can go online and you can YouTube this stuff and you can see how gravity warps space and time. In fact, it's taught in schools. It's really kind of cool. It's amazing for me to think about that God, in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth. See, in 1929, there's this other scientist, astronomer, named Edwin Hubble. Ever heard of the Hubble telescope? This guy invented the telescope. He really used it as an astronomer. And in 1929, he was out there in California gazing into space and looking for answers to life and to see what else was out there. Very interesting because he found something important and he called Albert Einstein up and he said, Hey, you gotta come out to California. You gotta check out what I found. It's gonna change your mind. It's gonna change what you're doing. Because Einstein actually thought the, the world was just kind of stagnant. It was it was just finite, it was stuck, it never expanded or contracted, it was just there. It just was created. And so uh, Hubble comes up, calls him up and says, Hey, come on out here. And he shows him something amazing. He puts his eye to the to the little reflector and he looks out into space and they witness something called the red-blue shift. The red-blue shift talks about hot and cold. How hot is expanding out and cold is staying. So the red-blue shift, and they actually start to see that the world is expanding out, that the red and the radiation afterglow, the Big Bang, actually is happening. And it's funny because they that red-blue shift published papers on it and they saw the world had a beginning that it started from something or from nothing and created and exploded out. And they were amazed by it. The problem is they called it just the Big Bang. sit back and I get to watch as Christians, we get to see that God banged the world into existence. Out of nothing, God created something. And since it's super, or super as the Greeks called it, super natural, outside of nature, nothing inside of nature created it. It couldn't because it doesn't make logical sense, so it has to be outside of nature. Hence, God is outside of space, time, and matter, and He created. That's why babies and infants interesting to me is the Pharisees actually get mad about that. Go read it in Matthew chapter 21. The Pharisees are mad that they're screaming, Hosanna in the highest. We talked about it on Palm Sunday, but the babies and infants are screaming out, Hosanna in the highest, because he is so majestic. He 
And the Pharisees are like, do you hear what they're saying about you? You shouldn't do it. You, you shouldn't let them do that. And he says, ah, if they knew the rocks were his feet, his enemies only draw more strength for him because they really can't do anything to hurt him. That's the beauty of who God is. He's so majestic that he sits in heaven anticipating and waiting patiently for those who call on his name as Lord. He cares about us. Yet the next verses should make your jaw drop. Verse 3 and 4, I think they're the most important of this psalm. David wrote, When I looked at the heavens, at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? What's interesting to me is the heavens and man go together. Do you know our Milky Way galaxy? That's our neighborhood. You know that? That's where we live, the Milky Way galaxy. Did you know our home and our Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light year miles apart? Let me put that in a different perspective. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. In order to go a full mile, you have to travel at 5.87 trillion miles per hour to go only one mile. Only one mile. You have to go 5.87 trillion miles an hour to go one mile in our universe. Now take that number and multiply it by 100,000 and that gets you from one end of our universe to the other end of our universe. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. How about this one? If we counted all the stars in our galaxy, just the Milky Way galaxy, our stars, and we started today, and we counted every single one of them, it would take 2,500 years just to count the stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone. Who wants to start counting? It would take 2,500 years to count each star one per second just to count all the stars in the things that I think are important. In Job 38, God says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Surely you know. Verse 8, who shut the seas with the doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made the clouds its garments in thick darkness and swaddling bands, and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther. And here shall your proud waves be stayed. Verse 18 says this in Job. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Verse 31. Can you bind the chains of Pelates or loose the cords of Orion? 
And I'm not trying to tell you something today that you're small and insignificant. You are small and insignificant. We use his fingers to create. We put in place the heavens. He placed the moon and the stars in the right place at the right time in the right way. He set us in place and he knows us by name. Are you mindful of the world that God created? Are you fighting about what restaurant you're going to after church today? Because God cares about you. Are you fighting about the issues of the world today? Now, I'm not talking about like climate change stuff, the most pollution in the world that's created according to. Um, some statistics that I found on statistia.com. We're like in 10 when it comes to pollution producing countries. There's like 10 more that are worse than us. So I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I, I know we have a responsibility to take care of, care of God's planet that he gave us. But I'm not talking about paper straws or green vehicles. I'm not going to get into all that. Batteries that are created for green vehicles use more pollution and cause more pollution in the world than gasoline cars. So don't go there with me. I don't care. I'm talking about having a respect because it's God's creation. Because we love and respect God and we are awe of what He has done with our planet, our stars, and our galaxies. That's what I'm talking about. God is mindful of us. And He says to us that you are important enough. celebrities. But I mean angels wish they had what we have. He cares about you. He cares about you. He cares enough to die for you. In fact, this is what he did for us. I want you to look at this. This is the picture of the Milky Way galaxy. And right there is our sun. You see how insignificant we are? We're not even the most important. This right here is this Casa Supernova. God created that. Just look at these pictures. This is the pillars of creation that God created in the heavens. This, it caused formation. This is the picture that Hubble
This is how many galaxies there are in just what we know of right now. God created all of this, and he knows it, and he put together by his finger each one of them in place. Each one of these galaxies. Now remember, we looked at our own galaxy, and we're not even important in our own galaxy. We're kind of on the end of a band over there. We're not even the center of our own galaxy. And yet God created all of these galaxies. And he says, I love you. How many of us truly know how important we are? next to a sun, the third rock from it, he decided to say, I'm going to choose all of you and create all of you. I'm going to knit you together in your mother's womb. I'm going to know you by name. I'm going to know every hair on your head. And I'm going to love you with everything I got. There's nothing more important in this world than you and God. Yeah, we run around going, did you see what the president did today? Did you see what the Congress did today? Did you see what's going on in our world today? I don't care. God loves me. He chose me out of all of that. He said, you're important enough to know that you love me. I love you. I care about you. We're just so, so that ability. I don't know what it is. Because I used to have heroes. There was a baseball player out of Milwaukee. I used to walk around with my chest held high. Head held high, chest out. My buddies would be like, did you know you blew this last night? Yep. Milwaukee Brewer. His name is Boston. That's my guy. I don't like the Milwaukee Brewers at all. I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. But that guy pitched for Detroit his name was Chris Bosher, and all my buddies were like, you pitched last night. I'm like, I know. It was awesome. The problem is he had one S, I had two S's. But I used to have heroes growing up. I used to watch the greatest superhero of all time. His name was Superman. And he had to say amazing things. He could do everything. He scratched through the silver bullet.
cause us to relinquish your cause to a place of repentance and obedience. To truly fear the Lord and to truly be in awe of what he can do. He still has to do what he already has done. Just look at the heavens and sit in awe. Just look at what he's created. Because look at what he's done for us in verse 5 through 9, the ending of the psalm. He says this, Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, all beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the seas, whoever passes along the paths of the seas. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. That's what David was saying. How majestic is your name in all the earth? <laughs> He's given us a responsibility with his creation. I get that. What are we doing with it? I mean, are we taking advantage of it or are we taking responsibility with it? Are we giving our lives to serve others or are we coming to be served? funny, when you run for politics, you claim that you're there for the people. Yet once you get there, you do everything that you want to do, nothing that your people want to do, it seems. This is completely opposite of who God is. He says, I'm going to represent you, but I'm asking you to do something for me. Take care of my creation. What are we doing coming to church? Why are we here? If it's not to know the to serve Him, why? We can do some pretty great things and some pretty amazing things. Look at all the water we've already created and, and, and people have bought for, for the 4th of July parade that we're going to do. That's amazing to me. That's wonderful that we're trying to love our community well and show the world that as a church, we follow God and God loves people and wants to give people water on a hot day. One day out of the year. We're, we're putting together... We have a committee for the 165 years that this church has been around. I actually had some things last night with some people here at church, and it was amazing because they're young couples, and one of the guys said to me, what are you guys doing? I said, 165 years this church has been around. He went, 165 years? I said, yeah. He's like, that's a long time. I said, yeah. God bless this place. The Holy Spirit has moved through this place for a in 65 years, the church in Westminster, are you ready for this? The church in Westminster, England, do you know when it was actually started? 960 A.D. It's still here today. 2022. We've been around for 165 years, and yet I know of churches that were planted, started, and they were gone within 10 or 15 something here. What are we doing? What are we doing as a responsibility? Because the greatest being ever has given us something that we should cause all of us to fall on our faces and ask for forgiveness and turn from. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. My fear is that many in the world today 
God. Many in the world today only care about what they care about. They only want what they want, and they don't think about the Creator. They'll worship the creatures, but they won't worship the Creator. And to me, that is the saddest thing ever. And so what are we doing as a church? Because many who don't want anything to do with God, they want to fight us and prove to us that God's not real. If you don't believe me, go on to my Facebook page, and if we're not friends on Facebook, ask to be my friend, and you can see some of the arguments I get into with these people who think that God doesn't exist. It's amazing to watch. Oh, you're just dumb Christian, false lying faith. There is no God. And I hate Him. Ask the stupid question, like, how can you hate something that doesn't exist? Doesn't make logical sense. I mean, these people don't know how to think their own thoughts. The world doesn't care about God. It cares about its feelings. It doesn't care about truth. It cares about your truth, which doesn't make sense at all. Because there's either the truth or there isn't truth. Your truth doesn't matter. Your feelings don't matter when it comes to God. God is the truth. God is the way, and He is the life. We need to stop being whiners and complaining about all the things that are going on in the world. Do you know why there's so many Christian sects in the world today? Because someone said a long time ago that they knew more than you did, and they started a part of Christianity better than you. And so we're going to create a sect of Christianity. Because, you know what? The Catholics wouldn't let you get divorced. Boom, the Anglican Church. You know what? I don't think the Pope is important as much as you think he is. Boom, the Lutheran Church. You know what? I don't think that we should do infant baptisms because it's not really in the Scriptures. You know what? We do, and we're going to do infant baptisms, and it's the only way you can really be a Christian and born into the family of God if you do an infant baptism. If not, you're not really a Christian. Boom. The Reform movement. We fight over the dumbest stuff in Christianity. And there are people who are smarter. There's actually people in the world today in Christendom who think that you can actually achieve perfection here on earth. You can walk around the earth and never sin. That's what's taught by John Wesley. That's Wesleyanism. That's United Methodism. I'm not making this stuff up. Go look it up. There are people in this world that fight about church what I'm trying to do, because there's no better answer in this world today than Jesus Christ. I know it's the Sunday school answer, but, but let me help you guys out with something in, in my closing here. In, in the 1960s, there was a movement called the Jesus People Movement. Do you all remember that movement? 1960s, Jesus People. And they were created because they didn't like hippies. You hippie-loving free lovers and all this kind of stuff. So the Jesus people movement created. Then there was the 1970s. You know what the 1970s created for us? The religious right movement. 
with his wife. Then there was the, the worst in the 1980s, 1990s. Who remembers the 1980s slogan, breathe good? Anyone remember that? Anybody got it right? Number one, Wall Street, breathe good. Charlie Sheen, breathe good. But then in the 1990s, we had what's called the progressive Christian Christians, we're going to progress because the scriptures were so old and outdated that we're going to make Christianity fit our whims and our wants and our needs. So we created the Christian progressive movement, and it's still growing to this day. We have people that tell you, I am the prophet of God, and whatever I say is truth. Really? There's actually a prophet of God right now who said that, Donald Trump was going to re-win the election in 2020, and he was going to be our 46th president. And people believed him. The problem with that thought process is, he's the 45th president. He wouldn't be the 46th president. He would have stayed the 45th president. So what she said didn't make any sense. Yet progressive Christians were like, she's so right. Progressive Christians actually teach today that there is no male or female, Jew or Greek. All of us are in God. Hence, transgenderism is right. That's not what that scripture says. Yes, it is. It's got to fit our needs. It's got to fit our narrative. No. That's not what that means. Context is king. So here's what happens. We start to get in fights over these things. And then guess what? The 2000s hit and we had the emerging church. Y'all heard of the emerging church movement yet? Emerging church is all about making sure that we emerge as a church and we show the world that we're followers of Jesus and we fit all these different areas. God is a social justice warrior. say that, Pastor, that's racist. Kid you not, guys. Go put that out on Facebook. Go put it out on Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or whatever you want to say. All lives matter. Boom! You're a racist. No, I'm a Christian because I believe in the truth of who God is. God is mindful of us. So Christianity has all these things. There's all these fights. somebody who hates God and go, God loves you. I love you. I don't care that you're gay. I don't care that you're transgender. I don't care that you think you're a rabbit or a deer. I love you because God loves you because you're created in his image. Let me show you who God is. Let me explain to you what God has done because you need to know that there is someone who saved you from hell. 
salvation, where we don't get to be with God forever. We're eternally separated from God, and as a Christian, that would be hell. And I want people to know that they can have a relationship with God, that God can choose them and die on a cross for them, and that He wants them to be with Him forever, and that's what I call heaven. But they have to understand, and we have to understand who God is and what He has done for us, and the fact that He created all those galaxies. He knows you by name. That doesn't blow your mind. I don't know what will. If that doesn't cause you to ask God, what do I do in my own heart so I can better follow you? I don't know what will. If that doesn't cause you to go, Lord, I'm so sorry for all the sins I've created and committed against you, I don't know what will. It has to start with us in our hearts. We stop looking to our feelings so much and we have to turn to God's God's ways His ways, despite all the bad things that are happening in the world around us, God is mindful of us, and we need to be praising Him for loving us, small, insignificant people. Especially those who are more famous people like George Clooney or some sports hero. We need to be reminded that God is there for us. He's intimate with us. He desires to be worshipped by us because we're loved by God. That's the message I want you guys to go home with, that we are cared for by God, that we are used by God for His glory, and we need to praise God for choosing to love us. That's why Amazing Grace, written hundreds of years ago, still rings true today. What a wretch I am. It's Amazing Grace. Saved. my goal when it comes to loving you. That's my goal when it comes to loving you, church. To make sure that you follow and praise Him. I don't want you following me. I want you to follow God. If my legacy here at Moline Baptist Church the last five years has been one thing, is one thing is I want you to love the Lord more and love each other well. Not because it's what I'm telling you to do, it's because it's what Jesus laid on my heart for us. Go look it up, John 13, 34, and 35. That's the whole goal of this church, is that when we do those things, we love God more and we love each other well. The world will know that we are your disciples, it says, Jesus' disciples. When we do that, we revive our hearts. And when we have a revival in our own hearts and we sit in awe of who God is, then we can go out and tell anybody and everybody, yeah, our life's not easy. Sure, it's debilitating having sickness or kidney stones or mental problems or leg issues. Whatever it might be, life is not about being easy. It's about the fact that God cares for us. Too many of us think that health is all the thing that's going to be. It's not. We, we actually worship health. The reality is every single one of us in this room is going to die. There's not one of us that's going to live on earth here right now forever. We all die. The beauty of it, though, is you can know who God is, and you will live forever. You will get a new heaven and a new earth, and you will get a new body, and it's going to be amazing. And I want to see all of you there, and I want to hang out with all of you there, and I want to learn who God is with you by my side. Not that I'm better than anybody else, 
because I'm a sinner saved by grace. But I know that God loves me, that he chose me, that he said, you are important, and I created the heavens and the earth, and I have you in mind. That's the beauty. That's what we should be doing. All Christians, especially your pastors. This is why I get so angry at pastors who teach things that have nothing to do with God. You send your money to Moline Baptist Church, $58.30, I'll send you a prayer shawl, and you can get your healing that way. What? If you learn to speak in tongues properly, you can denounce all the evils that are going on in the world, and when you do that, send us money here. Oh, by the way, what I could do is I could get on TV and I could cry. <laughs> Our ministry's in trouble. Send us money. How many of you remember Jimmy Swagger? Tammy Faye Baker. In the world we live in has false prophets and teachers and all these things. I'm asking us to know who God is. And if I die tomorrow, I pray that you guys would stay together and love God more as you learn to love each other well. That's the point. I want to point you in the direction of the majestic mighty, very large, noble, glorious, wonderful God. Let's stand by your feet. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray for this church. I pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses, our sins, our debts, as we forgive those have debts against us or trespass against us or sin against us. Lead us not into the testing of our faith, Lord. We can't handle the tests. We're not as strong as Abraham. And so, Lord, I just pray you would deliver us from the evil one. That's my prayer for this church. We pray it in Jesus' holy name.